You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to America's Web Radio, and welcome back to Billion Dollar Ballers. I'm Jack Christides, your host, and this is the show where we discuss the business of sports from the NCAA all the way up to the major leagues. Uh, we've got a very pro-sport-heavy show today, a lot to cover, but before I get into anything, has anybody been paying attention to the stock market lately? Talk about some craziness going on right now. Um, if you haven't been, I'll fill you in just a little bit. Um, there's what's called a subreddit, so basically a message board online right now of people. It's called Wall Street Bets. Basically, all these people are getting together, and, uh, and, and they're doing a coordinated effort to put money into a bunch of stocks that a lot of the wealthy people in Wall Street have bet against. Um, so all, all the people in Wall Street have been doing what's called shorting these stocks, uh, which is essentially gambling that the stocks are going to go down. Now, all, all the Wall Street people have been losing money, and, and the little guy's been taking a bunch of money back on the other end. So it's been super interesting to see. Uh, obviously, super relevant in the business world, and the reason I'm bringing it up today, um, and just covering it quickly, again, not spending too much time on it, um, is just you always want to be careful when going into these situations in the stock market. Seems all well and good, but eventually someone will be left holding the bag. But if you are interested in investing on this big boom, um, I would just like to mention that one of the most shorted stocks by those Wall Street suits is actually Fubo TV. Again, I have no affiliation with Fubo TV. Uh, we've talked about it for a couple weeks now, though. I like the concept of the company in general. Um, it's definitely following the trend of allowing gambling and streaming to come together. Super important in the sports world. And it happens to be shorted. So if you're looking for one of these stocks that are getting pumped by the Wall Street Bets people, that also just happens to be a good company in the world of sports and a fun company to follow, uh, consider Fubo TV potentially as an investment. Uh, now, with that being said, a lot of crazy things happening in the sports world right now, too. We've got the Super Bowl next weekend, so following up on all of that, uh, we'll talk ad revenue, we'll talk specific uh, Super Bowl ad ideas that came out lately. Um, some of them are extraordinary. I've never seen anything like it, so we'll touch on those a little bit. Don't worry, I won't give away the commercials themselves. You'll still be able to enjoy those, but uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the interesting um, thinking behind them. Uh, we'll t talk a little bit about NBA TV ratings, um, perhaps a little shock there and how well the league's been faring. Uh, a little bit about some new sponsors, new jersey patches, which we've followed in the past for some of the teams. Um, and, then, and then, as always, we're going to have our lightning round. Uh, we're going to talk about some interesting things. Um, and including that, actually, we're going to talk about um, some of the Wall Street suits, we'll call them, some of the people who have been losing a lot of money uh, in this big stock boom happen to be professional sports team owners. So we'll talk about how that's going to affect their teams and whether or not uh, I believe and uh, whether or not you should start to consider uh, if these owners are going to lose enough money to have to sell their franchises. So, very packed show. Uh, 
dive right in. We'll start with the NHL. Got a whole segment on the NHL today, the whole first segment, uh, and that's because a lot's been going on. I'll uh, start with a, a quick little recap of everything. Um, NHL season just started. Uh, it's been going pretty well. But prior to the season even starting, Commissioner Gary Bettman said that the league losses would eclipse $1 billion. Uh, the reality is most of the games this year are not going to be played in front of fans. As we know, we've talked about at length on this show, um, when you take the fans out of the game, uh, you're losing a major source of revenue. So clearly that's where a big chunk of the change is coming from. Uh, it was the same thing with the Canadian quote-unquote bubbles uh, that the league hosted the 2020 playoffs in after the coronavirus obviously halted their 2019-20 season. Um, they simply didn't have the money to do another bubble this year in the NHL. Um, so so that what they're doing is they're playing a 56-game modified division-only schedule in home arenas with no fans. Uh, however, the financial losses incurred by the by the league and each of its teams are massive amounts of money to the point where Batman actually said that's the commissioner actually said that they would be losing less money if they didn't play the season. Now you're probably thinking to yourself, Jack, you're always telling us that uh, these owners are going to do what's in their best interest financially. Um, well, that is, that is still true. Um, you just have to think long-term. Now, if the NHL decided not to play a season at all this year and save some money, uh, in the short term, yeah, they're, they're saving a little bit of money. But if you look at the long-term effects that could have, hockey's already a shrinking sport. Um, you could end up seeing fans leave the game, less new fans come into the game, and overall just a loss of money long-term. So that's why they're playing the season, even while taking a loss. Um, Again, the gate, uh, the fans alone in the NHL account for roughly 50% of the league's revenue. So it is extremely substantial. Uh, and they've tried to get creative in, in finding ways to recoup that money and, and make some of it back. And one of the things that they just did along that vein is that the NHL raised $1 billion in debt for teams. Um, certainly an interesting strategy. The league is using the billion-dollar loan that they took out uh, to create a central facility for which each of its clubs can draw up to $30 million to address cash flow issues, payroll costs, and other operational expenses amid the coronavirus pandemic. Um, As the league stands to lose billions of dollars, it's understandable that they need to borrow some money. But a big and interesting move for a sports league like the NHL to borrow a billion dollars into a season. Um, That being said, injecting this amount of cash into the clubs should make sure that the clubs are in a position to handle the financial difficulties, Uh, don't have to do some of the nasty things like the layoffs um, and the pay cuts and and really just able to function um, in a world where everything seems to be more expensive. For whatever reason, it seems like coronavirus has made uh, a number of things more expensive from not only professional sports, you talk movie studios, creating new movies, add the advertising studios for the Super Bowl, um, which we'll touch on later, having spent so much more money on COVID protocols, the price of testing, the price of masks, of social distancing, 
um, of disinfectants, all of this adds up. Uh, and it's a lot of money that is suddenly having to be spent that was not accounted for in the budget. So the billion-dollar loan should go uh, a decent ways to ensuring that uh, the teams are at least a little more comfortable. Um, if you're wondering what the, uh, what the league is using to leverage against this debt, the borrowing is secured against future league revenue, um, including, including an expected increase to the amount of money that owners will receive from player escrow due to the reduction in this year's hockey-related revenue. Um, so basically, uh, what I mean by saying that is, the NHL is expected to make a comeback, coronavirus will eventually end, and when it does, the league will most likely continue its trend of year-over-year growth in revenue. Um, and the institutions that loaned the NHL that billion dollars, that's what they're betting on. They're betting that the league's going to grow, the league's going to make money in, in a few years, in the next few years after coronavirus, uh, and they'll be able to pay back that billion dollars. Now, will they be able to? Yeah, I think they will. It seems like professional sports teams are about as good as a, of a bet as most uh, financial institutions can can have. But it is still somewhat risky. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see as the next couple years play out, just how quickly the NHL is able to make that billion dollars back. Uh, now, with that being said, um, some other interesting news in the NHL this week is that Fox Sports has showed interest in bidding for the NHL. Now, I'm not talking about the whole league. Uh, there, there simply isn't a league outside of like the XFL that any single entity is going to be able to purchase at this point. The value of sports teams and leagues has just skyrocketed way too much. Um, but what Fox Sports is interesting in buying is the broadcasting rights for NHL games. Um, now they're looking at joining ESPN and NBC. NBC, which is in the final season of an exclusive decade-long $2 billion deal. Um, it's going to join those other two networks as a potential bidder for the broadcasting rights package. Uh, NBC recently did announce that they're shutting down their NBC Sports Network. However, many people still believe that the network will retain a major share of the NHL broadcasting package, simply putting games on NBC, USA, and Peacock. Now, in that scenario, Fox or ESPN would bid to broadcast a smaller slate of games. Um, and actually, it was front office sports that reported way back in October, that ESPN was interested in bidding for the U.S. rights. Uh, that's a package that would most likely run 20 to 30 regular season games, along with the piece of the playoffs. Um, but for Fox, it could be a strategic play. Um, it, I do think the NHL is a decent fit with Fox. Um, it's always nice to see a league spread out across a few different channels, um, not only for the benefit of the fans, but also for the benefit of the sport. Just get a little bit more exposure. Um, so, I mean, we'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully Fox ends up purchasing the broadcasting rights. But what I think is the most important point to touch on here, and, and we'll close the segment with this, is that as these, uh, as these different broadcasting networks are trying to purchase these broadcasting rights, the dollar figure 
that they buy them for will be something that's extremely interesting, and we'll come back and cover on this show. Uh, now, the reason that I say that is the last 10-year deal for NBC was $2 billion. Now, if this overall amount that people are purchasing the broadcasting rights for is close to or lower than, the same or lower than, that $2 billion figure for the next 10 years, the NHL's got a major problem, and that's a signifier that the NHL's audience is not growing, the NHL's market share is not growing, and the sport is not growing. On the flip side, uh, if they purchase these broadcasting rights for uh, substantially more, or even a little bit more, um, than, than the last decade it was worth, then there's some growth in the sport. So, so the broadcasting rights are really a good way to gauge the direction of the sport and how well the sport is doing as a whole. Um, so with that being said, we're going to have to go back and take a look at that once we know the exact dollar figures. That's the end of the NHL coverage for the day. For the day. Um, we're going to move on in our next segment to talking about the Super Bowl and some crazy commercials, concepts that I thought I'd never see in the real world, only in the movies. So a little hint right there. So why don't we go to a quick break, and uh, we'll be back soon. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. everybody welcome back to billion dollar ballers welcome back to some super bowl coverage uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the super bowl ad slots um now you'll remember we talked i think both of the last two weeks about how the uh the league was struggling to sell the ad spots as quickly as they had been doing in some previous years um they did finally virtually sell out uh according to viacom cbs uh, all of their 30-second spots for the Super Bowl. Each 30-second spot went up for $5.5 million this year. Uh, and if that seems like a lot of money for 30 seconds, um, just remember that it is slightly below last year's $5.6 million rate. Um, so uh, actually kind of a bargain compared to the other years. And, and I know 
the point one doesn't seem like a whole lot, but when you're dealing with millions, you got to remember that that point one is a hundred thousand dollars. So it, it does make a difference, even though these companies are so massive um, that they may not notice it. Obviously, the game next weekend is going to feature the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, and really, there was a big push to finish selling all these spots. And, and once you've got that matchup of Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady in the championship game, uh, you had to assume that there was going to be at least a small amount of increased demand. In my mind, the best quarterback matchup ever in a Super Bowl Um I'm not alone in that opinion. Some people have been saying that on some of the most popular uh, sports broadcasters have been saying that lately. Um, so it makes sense, but it's good to see that the the ad slots are finally sold out. Um, now, while there technically isn't any remaining in-game inventory, the company Viacom CBS, uh, who, who's the controller of these ad slots, is still going to try to find a way to accommodate any marketers who do make a great offer at the last minute. Um, obviously, I, I don't think that a lot of our listeners would uh, necessarily be involved in anything like that, but there are still openings for uh, for some advertisement opportunity at the Super Bowl, especially in a year when, again, revenues have been down, lack of fans, um, the COVID situation, extra costs, they're always going to try to find a way uh, to generate a little extra revenue. So we'll see what they uh, what they add on late. But uh, as of now, the Networks deal, CBS Networks deal, also requires marketers to pay an additional 300000 per spot to be included in the digital live stream. Um, a recent trend as of the past few years, uh, certainly follows. There's obviously more exposure if you're included in the digital live stream as opposed to just the television um, stream, so or the live television. So interesting, uh, interesting change there. Obviously, been following the shift from uh, cable to digital for quite a while now, and this is just another way that things are adapting. Um, when CBS last broadcast the Super Bowl two years ago. The network did not announce it had sold out its inventory to less than five hours before the game. Um, now, that being said, they did actually sell out earlier. They just didn't announce it till later. So I've been trying to find the logic as to why they announced that they sold out this year. Um, and the only thing that I've been able to come up with is that they're trying to increase the price um, for potential late buyers, for people who are trying to get in at the last minute. Again, Makes sense, trying to drive some extra revenue. Um, we'll see after uh, after the Super Bowl when they release all the facts and figures, the final ad spend on the event. But um, needless to say, it's been a pretty successful, um, pretty successful job by Viacom CBS in selling all these ad slots, considering how many uh, investors were initially um, a little nervous about buying into this game. Um, and with that being said, let's talk about how so many big Super Bowl advertisers, advertisers have been bowing out um, for a various amount of reasons. I mean, one of the reasons, obviously, is the pandemic, right? The pandemic's caused problems for everybody, and a lot of companies simply don't have uh, the cash reserves to purchase 
Super Bowl ad slot. Um, we talked last year about how Budweiser won't have its own commercial this year. Um, one of the staples in uh, in recent memory, Coca-Cola's out. No ads for Coca-Cola, PepsiCo. No ads for PepsiCo. Uh, I mean, those two have run an ad during every single Super Bowl since 2006, which is a crazy development that all of a sudden Coca-Cola won't be having a Super Bowl ad. Um, Coca-Cola on a side, another company that experienced a big stock boost yesterday. So if you're holding Coca-Cola, congrats. Um, that being said, the pandemic was something that a lot of people were worried about and tone. Um, I mean, it, it pains me to say this, but right now, We've got a lot of people in this country who simply are going to take issue with anything that's said. And it's turning off advertisers. Advertisers all of a sudden have to think to themselves, is there a group of people that's going to twist the meaning of what our ad is? Is there a group of people that's going to find a way to be offended by what we say? I mean, I feel like you can't say anything these days without offending half the damn country. And that's really what it seems like is scaring a lot of these advertisers. They're saying, we're going to avoid any potential fallout by saying nothing. And to me, that's a shame. Uh, And it's forced a number of other major companies out, aside from Coca-Cola, PepsiCo, and uh, Anheuser-Busch. We've got Hyundai's out, Olay's out, Avocados from Mexico, uh, who I know that sounds like a strange company, but they've actually been in the Super Bowl for a decade as well. Little Caesars is out. Ford is out. These are major companies uh, that just have to make the choice uh, to ensure that they're investing in the right resources right now. Um, again, be it pandemic-related or or socially related. Um, and that's really why, as of early January, the ad space had not been sold out. Um, in contrast, in 2019 although it was Fox Sports instead of Viacom CBS, Fox Sports sold out its inventory by Thanksgiving. So a very different climate this year. Um, but And I guess I'll dedicate a decent amount of time to this because it's actually one of the coolest stories in sports business I've heard in a very long time. Coors is running ads for the Super Bowl. Coors is pulling from the movie Inception to insert brands into your dreams before Super Bowl 55. Yes, you heard me right. Like the movie Inception, Coors is planning its Super Bowl ads so that they appear in your dreams. Not a figure of speech, your literal dreams. In an extremely unconventional approach to advertising, Both Coors Light and Coors Seltzer products are going to be advertised with commercials at the Super Bowl, applying the science of targeted dream incubation to get people to dream its big game ad during the lead-up to the game day. Coors has partnered with psychologist Deirdre Barrett in order to develop a film that uses audio-visual stimuli intended to generate particular images and sensations in a viewer's subconscious. 
I mean, this is just mind-blowing stuff to me, the fact that anybody could find a way to put anything intentionally into your dream. I don't know. I am so intrigued. I would love to hear if anybody, if anybody watches some Coors ads and for whatever reason starts dreaming about Coors, I mean, uh, aside from the normal reasons that you dream about Coors, and trust me, I've had some, some dreams about Coors in the past, but if you dream about Coors after watching one of these ads, please let me know. Let, let the station know. I want to hear about it because this is an incredibly forward-thinking concept as far as I'm concerned. Uh, there's also a manufactured eight-hour, and they're calling it a soundscape. I'm not sure exactly what that means. I'm assuming just kind of some audio, but a soundscape that they created for you to listen as you fall asleep. It's supposed to be soothing and help you sleep, and it will also help you trigger a version of the ad in your dream. That's, I mean, that's crazy. Now, the reason that they're doing this is because Molson Coors can't legally run Super Bowl commercials during the course of the game. Uh, now, that's because of a long-running exclusivity pact the NFL has with their big rival, A.B. InBev, Anheuser-Busch. Uh, but this Coors big game dream experience is showing marketers thinking outside of the box to generate buzz in lieu of what could have been a pricey TV campaign. It's a far-fetched, far-fetched play to be certain, but if this works, I don't even know the implications. I mean, if this works, every commercial that you see on TV is going to be built around trying to get you to dream about their commercial. I mean, I can't think of any better way. They're basically hijacking your subconscious. If they can get you to start dreaming about their products, free advertising, they literally own space in your head. And to me, I mean, it is a little bit scary of a concept. I don't truly understand it. I'm skeptical to say the least. I don't know if it'll work, but it's something to note. Uh, so I, I thought it was worthy of, of talking about on today's show. And if it works, we'll, we'll have to talk about it more. That's you know, for sure. Jack, I got to, uh, I want to interrupt here for just a second. And, uh, you know, there is a law against subliminal messages uh, which would work on your head as well. You know, if you're watching TV and and uh, something flashes up there that you really don't see, but you do see a subliminal message, and uh, that's illegal. So I wonder what uh, the FCC is going to do with this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've, I've obviously heard about the subliminal messaging and uh, subliminal advertising before, this is just slightly different enough that I'm guessing that's why they're able to get away with it. And, and I'm so skeptical of it actually working that I don't know if they'll need to make regulation around it, but you're right. I mean, if this is something that manages to get in your head and kind of manipulate um, manipulate people watching the game, I'm sure the FCC is going to make some regulation about it. Because it really is scary stuff to think that they can mess with your head like that legally. Oh, yeah. Um we, yeah, I mean, I, I don't even understand it, to be honest with you. I don't either. But I do understand this. we got to go to a break. So we'll be back <laughs> with Jack right after a couple of messages. Quick Stakes. That's K. 
Q-U-I-K Steaks are not just for surveyors. They are great for family and community gardens. Go online to www.quicksteak.com or contact your local land surveying supply dealer and get you a box of Quick Steaks. You'll love them every year when you plant your garden. Again, that's Quick Steaks, Q-U-I-K Steaks, the truly preferred way to stake and identify what's in your garden now. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schurz, as we talk about the topics that doctors talk about amongst themselves, such as Medicare, Obamacare, alternative forms of care, and health information technology. Join us every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. All right, everybody, welcome back to Billion Dollar Ballers. Uh, let's talk something a little more lighthearted here. Uh, after having just discussed uh, that crazy concept of putting some advertisements in your brain while you sleep, um, we're going to move on to the NBA. Um, it's been a great season by all accounts for the NBA so far. They've obviously ran into some issues with COVID. We talked about that a bunch, whether or not they'd have to pause their season and and what's going on on that front. And and luckily, they haven't had to do that so far. Um, They've been able to navigate it decently well. Obviously, there's always going to be struggles in a pandemic, um, and we've seen that across every single sport. But uh, the large TV contracts have made it so that the lack of fans has not been as big of a problem as uh, the NHL say. So that's been that's been good for the NBA. Um, that, on top of the fact that NBA TV ratings just came out, and NBA TV ratings on TNT, ESPN, and ABC are up 34 percent from last year. Now, that's according to Nielsen. Uh, after highly publicized and politicized television rating struggles during the 2019-2020 season. It seems like the NBA has finally bounced back to an extent as we approach the quarter pole of the 2020-2021 regular season. Uh, Viewership for nationally televised broadcasts on TNT, ESPN, and ABC, uh, again, with the triple header um, providing a a unique punch considering um, the value, the size of all of those different networks, being up 34% over the comparable 27-game period we've been through from last season, um, that's an average of 2 million per game versus 1.49 million per game. I mean, that's a great increase, and it's something that the NBA can hang their hat on. Um, The NBA has long been lauded as uh, the young person's favorite league, as the most forward-thinking league, the most expansionary league, the most international brand of any American sports league. Um, and I think that's probably true. I mean, you, you can't overstate the size of the NFL, of course. Um, but internationally, the NBA is picking up a real following, uh, and especially amongst the young community, 
the NBA's just got more star power right now. Uh, you're seeing probably the two biggest stars in the whole NFL right now in the playoffs. And uh, I'd still be willing to bet there's a fair amount of people that don't know who Patrick Mahomes is. Um, but if you say who is LeBron James, a lot of people around the world are going to know who LeBron James is. And you can say that for a number of their smaller stars as well. Um, the casual NFL fan probably knows most of the players. Most of, if not just some of the players on his team, they probably know who Tom Brady is, maybe Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees, maybe a handful of others. But the average NBA fan tends to know a large number of the players in the league, uh, probably most of all the All-Stars. It's just a lot easier to have recognition of players when you play a sport that A, doesn't have a helmet, and B, only has five players on the court at a time. Uh, so the NBA, you would expect an increase in ratings year over year, but it's especially good to see an increase in ratings in a year where there's a pandemic going on. In other sports, many of them are struggling with their ratings, uh, especially with the switches to streaming and everything like that, all the illegal streaming. Um, there's just so many ways to consume content nowadays, and the NBA seems to be doing a great job of, of putting a good product out there that its viewers are loyal to and that incoming viewers continue um, to discover and be loyal to as well. Um, so great on the NBA for that. Uh, let's jump over to the NBA's plans for private equity investment. Uh, it's a plan that's in motion, and it's betting on the allure of sports ownership, as we've talked about so much on this show. The value of sports franchises has just been consistently increasing for decades now. Uh, and it's now to the point where the value of many of these teams is so high that no single person can possibly afford the team. Yeah, you heard me. No person can own the team. So what happened? Ownership accruements are what happens. Uh, it's the phrase the National Basketball Association Commissioner Adam Silver used in 2019 to help frame the attractiveness of becoming a sports owner. And he suggested that the NBA could incentivize those looking to join in its fraternity, even on a minority level. And that's where private equity comes in. Private equity is... Introducing private equity to the NBA is betting on the allure of owning limited partnerships in NBA clubs. With valuations in clubs rising, the private equity chase made sense uh, when owners approved a plan to allow investment in firms uh, to own stakes in teams. So essentially what you're having, having here, and we've talked about this on the show before, is you're having ownership groups come in and buy small shares of teams. Um, sold off by the NBA itself, um, firms such as Dial, uh, who can then technically sell these limited partnerships, the LPs, to private investors. That's crazy. You could own a part of your favorite sports team now. I mean, it's not going to come cheap, don't get me wrong, but it starts by selling off large amounts to these investment groups, and then after that they sell off shares to smaller shareholders, individual people. But let's think about this for a minute, because we've seen everything going on in Wall Street, right? Um, we've seen how crazy a week it has been 
on that front. Now sports are kind of turning into a stock that individual people can own shares of, that these hedge funds and private equity firms can own shares of. And what happens, what's going to happen if that firm goes under? If that hedge fund, if that private equity firm goes under? It's not likely. Don't get me wrong. It is not likely. But it's an interesting risk that could be now on the table. We've seen how volatile the markets can be, and and we could see potential owners uh, struggle. Um, And and it's something we'll talk about in the lightning round. There's a couple different things that we're going to talk about today that are super interesting. Um, But that's something to keep an eye on. I mean, there are pros and cons to this, though. The biggest pro, obviously, is the NBA soliciting more capital for its league. Uh, it can strike quicker deals, uh, and that, that'll help assisting with liquidity, um, just moving money around and future financial endeavors for the league, especially with the recent coronavirus struggles and China struggles, which I'm not going to get into because we've talked about them so much on the show. But essentially, if you sell to private equity firms, you have more more shares sold to individual people, which means more liquidity, which means more flexibility. It's good for the league. Um, it's also causing valuations to skyrocket. The average price of a club is now over $2 billion. Uh, and the last two franchises to sell, which were Brooklyn and Utah, which is actually a small market, sold for an average of $2.45 billion. Uh, and you also have to consider that the Mets owner, Joseph Sy paid a billion dollars for the Barclays Center in Brooklyn in a separate deal. Uh, so the minority states are just getting so expensive. They have to extend uh, a potential path to ownership to some more people. Uh, on the majority side, so for the owners who want to recover for these losses, individual owners can now decide to sell, sell shares and benefit too. So say you're someone who owns 80% of uh, a franchise. You can now sell off 10% to a private equity firm, still maintain your majority ownership stake, and just have cashed in on some of your investment. Um, so it's good for everyone here involved. The one thing I, I would uh, wonder about, and something I think that needs to be discussed, is where do the players come in on all of this? I mean, LeBron James, some of the other players were saying that in their next collective bargaining agreement, one of the major concepts that they're going to argue for is player equity in clubs. Think about it this way. Many of the people who work for Apple or Google or Tesla had the, ch- the chance to take a stock option as part of their yearly salary, forfeiting some of the cash that they'd be earning on a yearly basis in favor of earning options in a stock that could potentially mature and evaluate er, and increase over time. That's what NBA players are starting to ask for. Every year they play for a team, they want a very, very, very small percentage of that team to become theirs. They want to own a part of the team, not only because the team is worth so much now, mostly because the team will be worth so much more in the future. It's a way for athletes to secure their financial well-being 
over a longer period of time. Interesting, to say the least. I don't know if that'll end up getting done, but the private equity side of things is certainly pushing that to be more likely. Uh, Last very quick point before we send it to another break. Charlotte Hornets have added DraftKings as a team sponsor. Um, Now, why is that such a big deal? As recently as a year ago, a year and a half ago, many of the major sports leagues were discouraging any discussion of gambling, game lines, spreads, gambling companies. Now you have Charlotte Hornets making an alliance with DraftKings. They're getting sponsored by a gambling company. If this isn't evidence enough that gambling's here to stay, I don't know what is. Terms weren't disclosed, but it is a multi-year agreement. And DraftKings will be advertising inside the Spectrum Center during games uh, with courtside electronic messages. Its logo is going to be everywhere. Um, congrats to DraftKings and the Charlotte Hornets. Big, big development and great to see. Um, so with that being said, in our next segment, uh, we're going to discuss obviously a number of different things. It is the lightning round uh, and another jam-packed one this week, just like last week, and I'm sure just like next week will be. So um, look forward to that. Don't go anywhere. We'll send it to one final break, and we'll be right back. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is Around Town Movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not so fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around Town Movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, Around Town Movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around Town Movers. Call them. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. All right, everybody, welcome back to the final segment, the lightning round on billion-dollar ballers. We've talked about a lot today already, and there is a lot going on in the world of sports right now. Let's talk about that billionaire owner that I mentioned earlier, the billionaire owner that currently could be having some issues because of the financial crisis that just happened now. Steve Cohen, uh, 
the recent purchaser of the New York Mets uh, just received a very shady hedge fund bailout. Now, Steve Cohen was one of those uh, high-profile Wall Street individuals that had a lot of money betting against GameStop. And GameStop was one of those stocks that was just super artificially inflated in an attempt to essentially screw over the hedge fund managers and owners. Uh, He, once again, has found himself in a scandal and is defending himself against criticism from retail investors. Cohen's investment group, Point72 Asset Management, is one of two firms that pumped a combined $2.7 billion into a hedge fund called Melvin Capital Management this week. The fund, which is run by Cohen's former associate, Gabe Plotkin, lost an enormous sum of money this week because of that GameStop conundrum. And Steve Cohen bailed him out. Just bailed him out. Um, and this is what really a lot of people have been getting angry about is is that when the average person invests in the stock market and a stock crashes, no one bails them out. So why are all these billionaires getting bailed out when they're incorrectly betting against the market? I mean, the logical reason is because we got to save the economy, and if we allow the hedge funds to go under, then the banks go under, and then the whole economy falls apart. But that being the case, Someone like Steve Cohen shouldn't be owning a sports team. I understand you have a ton of money, and, and that's all good and well. And I understand you can bail out your friends, but this is the type of person that, while it seems like they have infinite wealth, this recent trend could cause major issues for a sports team. I mean, this is a distraction for the New York Mets. They have a brand-new owner, owner, and all of a sudden he's already in a major scandal. He might have major lawsuits coming up. Who knows? I mean, I don't know all the intricacies of this financial um, trend and the trends that we've been seeing. But what I do know is there's a chance Steve Cohen loses an awful lot of money. And if Steve Cohen loses an awful lot of money, so do the Mets. You've got to remember, baseball doesn't have a salary cap. Baseball, you're at the whims of how much your owner can spend. So with that being the case... Uh, you definitely don't want to be dealing with an owner who could be losing a lot of money in the near future. We'll see what happens. Um, there's been a lot of backlash to Robin Hood and everything that's been going on. Um, and, of course, Cohen already understands uh, hedge fund scandals. Uh, he used to run a fund called SAC Capital, which was shut down following allegations of insider trading. Now, I, I have to say he was never charged, but they did plead guilty to trafficking non-public information and pay return investor capital and pay $1.8 billion in fines. Fines. Cohen was also banned from managing other people's money for two years, beginning in 2016. So major questions surrounding Steve Cohen uh, and the Mets now, uh, and it's unfortunate to see. Moving on. ESPN is reportedly shopping the X Games. That's right, the X Games, the very popular skateboard, scooter, motocross, any number of uh, call them alternative sports. Uh, X Games tends to be the major name in that competition. It's kind of the Olympics for skateboarding. 
Uh, if you're not familiar with Ice Games, it, the franchise did start 25 years ago to draw on younger viewers, uh, and today the 2021 edition is beginning in Aspen. Uh, a sale would bring in approximately $50 million, so it is a generally uh, large asset. Uh, it's said to be ESPN is said to be reassessing which assets it needs in order to keep its cable viewership strong or potentially drawing subscribers. And I guess that X Games is not one of the ones that it's interested in. Uh, other live sports networks have also made moves to strengthen their streaming content. Of course, we talked about NBC shutting down their cable network, Fubo TV combining with uh, gambling platforms. Um, Victory is the name of that gambling platform. Uh, and ESPN is still the cash cow for Disney. Um, that being said, Disney has committed $40 billion to sports content over the next few years. And they need to make sure they have a return on that investment. So if, if they're not fully confident in next games, it makes sense that they're shedding that asset. Um, and uh, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm sure that over time um, we'll see if that was a good investment or not. I still believe in alternative sports. I believe in the X Games. Um, it'll be interesting to see who purchases that and what they're actually able to do with it. Um, Unsure, but we shall see. Um, let's talk about uh, another another athlete investing um, in something that maybe you didn't expect, and that is Naomi Osaka. Uh, Naomi Osaka is the three-time Grand Slam champion, uh, very, very young professional tennis player who shows incredible promise. She recently invested in North Carolina Courage women's professional soccer team. Uh, now, Naomi Osaka is a global sports icon. Um, she was named Forbes' highest-paid female athlete in 2020, and she's showing her commitment to inspiring the next generation of female athletes, which is great to see. But more importantly, she's inspiring athletes of all kinds to invest in professional sports teams. We talked about on this show... Today, we've talked about it on this show in the past. We've talked about it a lot. The trend of athletes investing in major sports teams is fairly new, but incredible to see. And I'm happy to see a woman get involved in it as well. Because um, it just shows that anyone is capable of doing this. I mean, uh, you don't have to buy a basketball team. You don't have to buy a football team. Buy a North Carolina professional soccer team or a women's professional soccer team. Find a way to invest in sports because sports are an asset that is, generally speaking, going to go up. Um, so great to see that. Uh, quick touch on Tokyo, the Tokyo Olympics. Tokyo organizers have been calling on Joe Biden to support their Olympic efforts. Uh, they would like him to publicly support efforts to carry on at the Tokyo Olympics. Um, this is following that report that I brought to you last week that said that uh, Tokyo has privately concluded that they would have to cancel their Olympics. So I'm a little confused why they're calling on Biden to support this Olympic effort. Um, I don't know what I want Joe Biden to do. I don't think Joe Biden cares what I want him to do, and I don't know if Joe Biden knows what he wants to do. But just my only hope is that he doesn't allow himself to be used as a pawn um, by the Japanese or any other foreign countries. I mean, they don't get to say, come out and publicly support the Olympics. Um, 
and just tell our president what to do, especially a president who um, the climate around coronavirus has changed. I mean, he's been so serious about this coronavirus and all the doom and gloom from the beginning and shutting down our economy because we simply have to and all these things. All of a sudden, why would he say, yeah, full steam ahead, let's go ahead with the Olympics? So I don't know what he's going to say, but... um, Interesting that Japan did mention him by name and asking him to support those Olympics. Uh, let's see what happens. Um, very quick touch on um, the fitness industry. We do this from time to time in the lightning round. The startup talent hack raised $4.7 million um, for virtual fitness packages. Um, if you haven't heard of talent hack, it's a cool new startup. You buy packs and passes um, and packages of video on demand of workout. Kind of back in the day, like when you used to buy the VHS workout tapes, except now it's on your phone, it's interactive, and it's, uh, it's allowing you to take advantage of stay-at-home fitness movements that are recently um, becoming giants, such as Peloton. Um, it's not... It's a little different from many of the others in that it's curating a front-end. It's not curating a front-end selection of classes for users. It's instead providing the software for fitness instructors and studios to purchase slots for their classes and bring their classes directly to customers. Um, And you might be saying, why would a fitness instructor do that? They could just do it on YouTube or something. Uh, Well, this will have a built-in following, and it'll, it'll get more eyes in front of your class and allow you to sell more classes to people. Um, so the stay-at-home fitness industry is exploding right now. Super interesting to see another startup taking advantage of it. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just great to see as a whole. Um, I do want to touch quickly on, and again, this is tied into what's been going on in the stock market and Wall Street. I do want to touch quickly on Penn, Penn National Gaming Stock. Now, obviously, Penn National Gaming, it's a stock that I personally have held for quite a while now. Again, I'd like to say I'm not qualified to give investment advice. You don't have to listen to me. I'm not encouraging you to, but I'm just bringing my sports expertise to the investment side a little bit here. Uh, Penn National Gaming is one of the major players in um, in sports betting, sports gambling. Uh, in fact, in just the last year alone, its stock has gone up 270%. So it is growing quickly as well. Um, and many of you may be wondering why Penn took such a big jump yesterday and today. Uh, if you know anything about Penn National Gaming, you know that it bought a significant stake in Barstool Sports, the Barstool Sportsbook. Uh, now, Barstool Sports was previously owned by, and still is owned in, in major part through uh, some individual shares, Dave Portnoy. Uh, calls himself the Prez. Uh, giant internet personality, near unstoppable force, Davey Day Trader. Most people um, between the ages of, I'd say, 15 and 30 are probably aware of Dave Portnoy. And if you're wondering why Penn National Gaming Stock has gone up so much in the last two days, it's because Dave Portnoy has been pushing all of these great stocks which have been making people tons of money through Wall Street bets and through Robinhood and, and really everything that's been going on, Dave Portnoy has had a huge role to play in it. So uh, that's why that stock has been going up. And 
And I think that's really our last big story for the day. Um, before I, before I uh, turn the show over, I do want to say that um, a final warning. Just be careful um, in investing in the markets right now. We've obviously seen that the government, uh, not only the government, now, you know, it's not even the government, uh, that Wall Street is currently corrupt. Wall Street has the ability to shut down the markets, to stop it from being a free market, to take over the markets, and to screw you, you and the, the rest of the average people out of a lot of money. So um, by all means, do what you feel comfortable with, but uh, just know that it does seem that the system is rigged against us. And I don't know if anyone saw it, but when you have Ted Cruz and AOC agreeing on Twitter um, that what is going on in the markets right now uh, on the side of the brokerages, not on the people investing, but the people that are shutting down the ability to buy these stocks, um, they're agreeing that what they're doing and any time that those two agree, um, something really bad must be happening. Um, so with that being said, I'm Jack Christie. This has been Billion Dollar Ballers on America's Web Radio. Always great to be with you. We'll be back next Friday at 9 a.m. Uh, should be a good one. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.